Welcome to Balance and Beyond, the podcast for ambitious women who refuse to accept burnout as the price of success. Here, we're committed to empowering you with the tools and strategies you need to achieve true balance, where your career, relationships, and health all thrive, and where you have the power to define success on your terms. I honor the space you've created for yourself today. So let's take a breath and dive right in. This week, my baby girl hits double digits, and anyone who's had a child knows what a big deal turning 10 is. Now, we all know that if you've had kids or you've been around kids, they can be our greatest teachers, not just patience and love and joy. Of course, there's plenty of hard work, but I have learned over the years that mine in particular have given me lessons that I never expected to come but also some that once upon a time I was possibly missing. Too often in our life, we feel like we have to learn from someone who has letters after their name or more qualifications or more senior than us because we still tend to be trapped in that teacher-child paradigm where we first started learning or we learned from our parents. It was all about sit down, you know, sit up straight, listen to the teacher, pay attention. And I completely get that because how else would you keep 35-year-olds under control? I have no idea how teachers do it. Hats off to you. However, we still tend to get trapped in that paradigm and it becomes really important for us to learn to step out of it and to find the gifts and lessons that life is giving us no matter where we look. And when we spend so much of our time with our head down, trying to get through the to-do list, trying to get everything done, trying to be better organized in this frantic chaos that is their lives, they and possibly you are missing chances to grow and to become your best self and to to live your best life. So in honor of my little one who's called Stella, I wanted to share with you 10 lessons that I have learned from her over the years. And these are simple, they are fun, and they involve poop, heads up, because it's a 10-year-old. But if you really embrace them and see what is here, they can do a lot for you. So she might be 10, but she is very, very wise. All right, let's crack in. Lesson number one is that unicorns are real. Do not believe anyone who tells you otherwise. Mermaids and superheroes also fall into the same category. She's animate. I still remember the day she came home from, a, uh, I think it was the Easter show, and she said to me, Mummy, I want a, a mermaid corn. I'm like, what? She said, a mermaid and a unicorn. Like, they, they don't exist. Well, lo and behold, at the Easter show, we came across a mermaid unicorn. Unicorns are everywhere. And she said, see, Mummy, I made it happen. So the lesson here for you that I invite you to take on board is – Don't believe what other people tell you, particularly when it comes to things like having balance or having the life that you want. You've got to believe that you can have whatever it is you want with the strength of a 10-year-old unicorn lover. She has zero doubt. She is 100% mind, body, soul aligned that these things are real and you need to be the same with what you want or else you are not going to get it. Now, lesson number two is also around unicorns. And lesson number two is that a poopy corn can make everything better. Stella came home recently with a little squishy toy, which seemed to be all the rage. 
And it was a poop emoji in the shape of a poop. And it had a horn and a rainbow glitter top. And I looked at her and I said, what is that? And she said, mommy, it's a poopy corn. Now, first and foremost, hats off to that marketing genius who said, right, we're going to take a poop and we're going to sprinkle it with glitter and add a horn and suddenly it's a poopy corn and it's cool. But if you can make poop into a unicorn, the lesson here is what is the gift in your struggles? Very often when clients come to me, they find themselves in what we call the poop pond where life is a bit challenging, where things feel a bit murky and it can feel like you're swimming in poop. But... Is there a secret poopy corn waiting for you on the other side? Is there this beautiful glitter squishy thing on on the other side that you think is just all poop, but actually maybe you're just in with a poopy corn waiting for it to arrive? And very often that is where the greatest gifts are. The greatest gifts are in our struggles. They're in our challenges. They're in solving our problems. So the next time you're suffering, just ask yourself, how can I turn this into a poopy corn? Lesson number three is that life should be lived in color. Rainbows, pink, sparkles, glitter make every day more fun and they should without question be an essential component of any outfit. I still remember the day we took Stella shopping for her first black school shoes and we had a tanty in the shop because she said, why are they all black? Black is black boring. I want rainbow shoes. And I looked at her and thought, "Hmm, you've got a point. They are all black and they are all boring. And so many women I meet are wearing black and beige and gray because they are a bit scared to wear color. They're a bit scared to stand out. They just want to blend into the background. So my lesson or the question I have for you today is where can you add some color or brightness into your day? when it is often surrounded by gray and neutral tones? Can you be a bit brighter for those around you? Can you put on some nice big earrings? Can you find a nice tree? Can you bring in some color or some sparkle into your life? And you'd be amazed. I've had clients who I've shared these lessons with and they've decided that they're going to go out and buy some sparkly earrings and every morning they put them on and they say, thank you, Stella. And those earrings can be the simple shift for them to now be open to feeling a bit more sparkly, to be being a bit more cheeky, to being a bit more playful. So life doesn't always have to be so serious. Lesson number four is that there are values in the classics. Some of Stella's favorite songs over the last few years have been Footloose, we've had some Michael Jackson, there's been some Elton John, and lately some Tay-Tay. I don't know if you call Taylor Swift a classic just yet, she's not quite old enough, but there is beauty in teaching kids what the classics are. And I promise you, I do not miss Baby Shark. That was a favorite for a while, and oh, I'm so glad those days are gone. So my question to you is, What old-fashioned piece of you that perhaps you've left behind, maybe there's a secret new kids on the block or a Backstreet Boys fan here that you need to bring back into your world, but what's a piece of you that seems too simple that perhaps you've given up on? And if we bring this to one thing most women need the most is, is there a simple piece of self-care that's a classic that you've forgotten about? You're going for a walk for five minutes 
Can you light a candle when you take a shower or a bath or sit by your desk? Sometimes the classic ways to nourish our body are actually the best and we think that it has to be fancy and complicated and require all this time, which we don't have. So what's a classic way of looking after yourself, of having fun, of doing something you enjoy that are going to make your day much better? Lesson number five is to have more dance parties. At the slightest hint of a beat, Stella is up and she is grooving like nobody is watching. In the car, she boogies, she walks past a shop and she hears a beat and she makes it a shuffle. She knows that music makes her feel good and she knows how to get herself out of a funk. So my question to you and the lesson you can take from Stella here is, how can you bring more movement into your day to groove a little more to get you out of a slump? Hacking your physiology is actually one of the fastest ways to change your mood. You can't think your way out of grumpiness. You need to move. You need to move your arms. You need to move your body. And when it's very easy to spend our entire day slumped over a laptop or at a desk, feeling like we've got to punch out X, Y, Z stuff before we can ever do anything. But you're jumping up, putting on one song and having a bit of a boogie will elevate your mood way better than a glass of wine or some chocolate or perhaps some of those other things that you're doing to try to make you feel better. And yeah, struggling in the mornings with the kids, stick on some tunes before school, get everybody to have a boogie and it will completely shift how they and you get to start their day. So let me just recap what our first five lessons have been. So that is that unicorns are real. Poopy corns make everything better. Life should be lived in color. There's value in the classics and have more dance parties. So as we move on to the last five, lesson number six here is stuff the weather. If you want to wear a summer dress, you should be able to, I was told recently. Never mind the fact that it's now winter and raining and cold. Stella decides what she wants to wear first based on how she feels and then checks outside. We were a few years ago in Palm Springs in the US in July where it was 45 degrees outside. And she put on trackies and a jumper and said, this is what I feel like wearing. Likewise, in winter, she's put on a leotard and gone, this is what I feel like wearing. Now, as a grown up, sometimes we have a parental responsibility to make sure that our, our clothing is weather appropriate. But the lesson here for you is how different would your mood be if it wasn't impacted by the weather? And while Stella may be looking you know, outside, my question to you is, I know so many women check their inbox first or check their calendar and then decide how they want to feel. Oh my God, a day of back to backs. Oh, I'm going to be so tired. And then that sets their mood. Instead of waking up and saying, well, how do I really feel? How do I want to feel today? Okay, day of back-to-backs, right? Well, there's a three-minute break there for a dance party. There's a, you know, you've got to stop looking outside as a reference point for how you feel. The world changes when you decide, I'm going to be happy today and stuff the circumstances because that is actually all within your control. And the more we give away our power to circumstances and become a victim of them, then the more those circumstances are going to impact us. 
As you started to stuff the weather, lesson number seven is that the little things make a big difference. If Stella was an animal, she would be a bowerbird. Since birth, this child has been holding small, tiny, shiny objects in her hands. I'm forever fishing rocks, stones, buttons, spoons from her pockets, knowing that these things all make her really happy. I still remember one day when she was maybe about 18 months old, she used to always walk around with clenched fists because she had stuff in them and we prized open her fingers as we went to put her to bed and we counted 26 little tiny blocks of Lego. You know, those little tiny oneers, as we used to call them, the one little, and they were all different colors and some were the shiny oneers and some had holes in them and some were clear. And she had little flowers, little Lego flowers in her hands. 26 of them across both her hands. She knows that little things make her happy. So your lesson here is how do you switch your focus from searching for this big thing, for this silver bullet that's going to make it all better, for this magic time management strategy or tool and suddenly life's going to feel amazing. Instead of actually recognizing that small changes are really what makes a difference in life. It's three deep breaths, one minute of silence. It's one micro moment of gratitude. It's taking a breath to respond rather than react. And this is something I see with all the women who come into my world is that they're looking for a quick fix. They're thinking, they'll let me take a pill and it's all going to be better. But the reality is that it is small micro changes is how we actually make the long-term lasting change. So where can you find a small thing to make a big difference for you? Is it a breath? Is it looking outside your window? Is it standing up? Is it going to eat something? What can you do that's going to make the shift? Lesson number eight is that nachos should be eaten every night for dinner. Why shouldn't you be able to have what you want for dinner every night? Yeah, sure, you know, nutrition, vitamins and all that health, but that doesn't stop Stella asking for nachos almost every night because it's currently her favorite food. Last year it was burgers. Who knows what's going to be next year? Now, sometimes she does get nachos if there's leftovers, multiple occasions, because you have permission to ask for what you want. And so many women who I talk to don't ever feel like they're not meant to have that thing or they shouldn't be doing that thing or it's not the right thing. How much fun could life be if you occasionally let yourself break the rules and did something just for fun? And how do you stop shooting yourself? Because you shouldn't should yourself. It's something that you probably do a lot. And it makes life miserable, induces anxiety, it pumps guilt and fear and cortisol into your system. And who decides what's right anyway? If I decide that I want the fun thing, well, what I choose for dinner is going to be very different to what is the right thing by whose determination, a 1950s housewife, my mother, society. I mean, we can never align to any of those. So stuff that. How about you start doing a little bit more of what you want. Lesson number nine is feel deeply. 
Stella is a highly sensitive child and every day has give, always gives me this constant reminder to tap into my feelings. She's thankfully become a lot more regulated lately, but over the last couple of years, you know, she has big feelings. I saw she had to write a letter to her teacher. She's in year four this year and you know, she said, my name's Stella and I'm nine. And third on her list of 10 things he needed to know about her was, I have big feelings. So she knows that she has big feelings. There's no stigma around that in our family. And of course, if you don't manage big feelings, they can very easily turn into meltdowns, which is what we used to have a lot. Thankfully, she's now regulating those emotions, but she still feels them. You know, when she feels sad, she doesn't just get a bit sad. She feels very sad. And I've come from quite a long line of non-feelers. I've got English and Irish heritage, so maybe a bit of guilt, but that's about it. And I have been on this really fascinating journey of actually tapping into what's going on inside me and not shoving it down. And I think one of the reasons Stella's been given to me or Stella's chosen me, whichever methodology you want to say, is that she's here to help me feel. She's here to help me tap into this beauty of learning to, to feel deep and not just the guilt and the fear and some of those disempowering emotions that are there because whether you know it or not, you're feeling. Sometimes we just spend too much energy trying to actually numb it. Or, you know, eating our feelings is probably the thing that most people are doing more of or maybe drinking them. So the lesson for you today is how could you learn to better feel your feelings and not numb them by being busy? That's our favorite drug of choice. What if you could let go of the resentment, the anger, and start feeling more joy start feeling more bliss. And that's one thing this child can do, man. When she is happy, she is delightful. There is so much joy. She radiates it out her heart like a care bear. And there's beauty in that. Kids don't know how to suppress their emotions. We don't really teach them how to do that until they're seven to eight. So how can you look at your kids if you've got them? Look at kids around you, look at nieces and nephews. And, you know, Anyone give a toddler a banana that's broken in half and they will get them to see their anger or their frustration or their disappointment. But you also know that when you're not emotionally constipated, you can watch that episode, that you will actually feel more deeply and you won't be as scared to do so. Because when you're a cup that's overflowing and you're terrified of feeling because it's all going to come out. I have people who say to me, oh, Joe, all those feelings are behind a very large door. And if that door cracks open, then ooh, look at anybody who's, uh, who's in its way. So how do you start feeling more deeply? But open up to this joy and this fun. And then lesson number 10, possibly my favorite, is that the best way to start the day is with a hug. The best kinds for Stella are the ones under the covers. She still creeps into bed many mornings, although as she gets older, I often now have to wake her up because she doesn't want to wake up in the morning. And so I slink into bed with her or she nestles her head into my neck and, and has that beautiful still sort of waking up smell that kids have. And there is beauty in, for both my girls, we don't start the day without a hug, particularly for Stella. That's an essential ingredient of the waking up process. And we don't leave the house gym without a hug. We don't go to bed without a hug. And the lesson here is to never forget the power of a micro moment in connecting with the people around you. 
They say you need to hug someone for between eight to 10 seconds to be physically touching them, to have a release of oxytocin, which is the love hormone. And I see too many people kind of doing this, yeah, 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 off you go, off you go, off you go, sort of tiny little pat, pat, pat. And there's no real connection there because, yeah, yeah, I'm busy, I'm busy, and they're already, you know, writing the next email or they're about to jump on a call. And I get that, I'm busy too. But there is something magical in waking up in the morning or seeing your child for the first time, you know, after you've picked them up from school or seen them in the evening and actually getting down on their level and being truly present, putting everything else to the side and saying, hello, how was your day? Give me a hug and actually hugging them and feeling them and feeling their breath on your neck or wherever they are. It doesn't have to be a four-hour date night. It doesn't have to be this full, big, planned family outing with a picnic and kumbaya moments. And whether this is with a friend or a partner or your kids, never, ever underestimate the importance of these tiny micro moments. It's, you know, with your partner as you're, you know, walking in the hallway, it's a it's a butt slap here and there. It's a peck on the cheek. And we are too often, again, it's the little things. This is one of the earlier lessons. How do you find those little things that make a big difference? And when it comes to connection, you don't go to the buffet and once a month have this date night where you get a babysitter and it's a big deal and you fill up the tank and that's the only time you eat for the month and the rest of the time you're like ships in the night who co-parent who don't ever actually connect apart from it. You've got the kids, all right, you've got the lunches, okay, let's go here. We can very easily in our intimate relationships fall into transactional nature. And that's really tough because then all the love can start to fade and we wonder why we're here. So they are the lessons from Stella that I would really encourage you to take on board today. So unicorns are real. Poopy corns can make everything better. Life should be lived in color. There's absolute value in the classics. Have more dance parties. Stuff the weather. The little things make a big difference. Nachos should be eaten every night for dinner. Feel deeply. And the best way to start the day is with a hug. There's a lot there. And next year, as she gets to 11, there's probably too many for me to keep doing these lists, but they've been so much fun for me over the years to create and cultivate and update to where she is and what she's doing. So my takeaway that I would love for you to have from you spending this time for you is to choose one of this list, and I'll put them down in the show notes, to think about what which one is mine? Which one do I want to take on board today? Are you going to have some sparkle and go put on some big earrings. Are you going to feel deeply? Are you going to give somebody a hug? And don't do all of them because I know you might love all of them. But in my world, we pick one or two things because that's all that we can actually integrate and that's all that's really going to make a shift. So pick one or two things. If you feel like life's a bit poop pondy at the moment, maybe you need to go print yourself out a picture of a poopy corn and stick it on your laptop and remind yourself that, you know what, there is more on the other side of this. So enjoy. Thank you, Stella, for being an amazing little human. And I hope you have enjoyed some inspiration courtesy of our soon-to-be double-digit daughter. Thanks for joining us today on the Balance and Beyond podcast. We're so glad you carved out this time for yourself. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend who might need to hear this today. And if you're feeling extra generous, 
leaving us a review on your podcast platform of choice would mean the world to us. If you're keen to dive deeper into our world, visit balanceinstitute.com to discover more about the toolkit that has helped thousands of women avoid burnout and create a life of balance and beyond. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next time on the Balance and Beyond podcast.